man, you there? Bring up the phone. Yo, what's good? How's it going, man? Hey, it's Will. Calm back. Hey, it's a good time. If you go to the sausage market and nobody buys your sausage, you might be right in thinking that your sausage kind of sucks. The job market is way more complicated. A lot of really complex forces play into whether an employer buys your labor from you. But when you're actually on the job market and someone inspects you and puts you back, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel complicated. It feels shitty. Today, a candid conversation on that shittiness. After carefully reviewing the qualifications and background of the candidate pool, we find that we are unable to offer you a position at this time. In the United States of America, and I can only speak for these 50 states, there's a language we use called English. Now, as far as I know, there are other languages out there, but I can neither confirm nor deny that. English is made up of words, and words have definitions. Definitions are meanings, and when you use these words in specific orders, they become sentences. Now, what you choose to do with these sentences is fully up to you, but it's this pesky little meaning thing that gets in the way. See, you can use all the words you want, but they do have consequences and connotations attached to them. In my world, since graduating college in 2015, People have chosen to arrange many different words in many different sentences that all have the same meaning, the same consequence, the same connotation stuck to it, like that pesky piece of poppy seed in your teeth from the bagel you had two days ago. And that meaning is, thanks, but no thanks. Otherwise known as, you're not hired. It's hard to get a job. If I could stand on a mountaintop and scream one thing over and over until somebody hired me for how great I scream, it would be, it's hard to get a job. Most of us know how to start the process. You go to a job listing website, you see the one that tickles your fancy, you send in your resume, and congratulations, you've just applied to a job. So, what happens next? Well, if you're lucky, you get a semi-immediate response, and you're on your way to a job interview. However, there's another scary option. An option that feels like you're taking your resume and putting it directly into a toilet, a shredder, a trash can, a dumpster fire, whatever you want the metaphor to be. The fact of the matter is that oftentimes a company just won't respond. And that's what we call shitty. You apply and apply and apply and you never hear one way or another leaving you in a purgatorial, stagnant state of anticipation. This is what mostly happens to me. It's a feeling I'm used to. But, every now and then, I open my email to wonderful words. I like the resume you submitted. Do you have time to talk later in the week? Nothing makes my day like seeing one of these bad boys land in my inbox. As few and far between as they may be, They make me feel instantly better, like this is my shot, this is the one. Don't get your hopes up is the thing you tell yourself while your hopes are skyrocketing through the roof. It's impossible not to. Images start playing in your head. You at your new desk. You typing emails with exclamation points in them. 
You, awkwardly stuck between two people who know each other in the office kitchen, wondering if you should get out of the way so they don't have to talk over you, and then deciding, never mind, I guess I'll just ride it out and awkwardly smile. The interview email and the first interview leave you floating in a wonderful possibility bubble. And then, with the click of a mouse and a blatant disregard for personal feelings, it bursts. Back in October of 2016, I went in for an interview at a company I was very excited about joining. It was right up my alley. It was a great foot-in-door opportunity. The first interview went extremely well, and I was immediately contacted about setting up the second one. A few weeks go by, and I go in for the second round. It goes well, too. And the first guy I was in touch with immediately tells me, awesome job, and to look out for the third and final email, scheduling the third and final interview. Weeks go by with not so much as a, hey, just working on the scheduling, don't worry. Emails I send go unanswered, and yeah, I know this should have been a sign, but again, I was in a very comfy possibility bubble, so yeah. Then, I get an email providing the details of the third interview. Copied on it are two other people who are being considered as well. We are told that this interview is just a formality, and then this guy a guy I considered an ally, a friend in this whole thing, finishes his email by arranging English language words in such a way that lead me to leave the possibility bubble and enter a new bubble, the it's happening bubble. He said, and I quote, very excited to add you three to our team here in New York City. That was it. I was in. Jump through this last little hoop and I've made it. The interview goes off without a hitch, and I tell all my friends about it, leaving that stupid, don't get your hopes up saying, dying in a ditch somewhere. So when will you start, they all ask me. Oh, I should be hearing any day now. Any day turns into many days, and days turn into weeks. Again, emails I send go unanswered. I hear nothing. I hold on to hope, and I hold on to reading old emails. Then... Exactly two months from my first interview, I open my inbox. Sorry for the delay in response. With the holidays, it's been hectic around the office. Unfortunately, the company has decided to go in a different direction for the position you interviewed for. Thank you for coming in for the multiple interviews involved in our hiring process. I wish you the best of luck and do feel you are a strong candidate for the radio industry. If I hear of any other openings here, I will be sure to pass your name along. Don't hesitate to keep in touch. Thanks again. And the bubble pops. And I fall. Hard. Fast. Down. I write back, desperate for answers to questions, wanting to know more. Why? How? Thank you for your time. No response. This is what these places do. This isn't a singular story. This happens again and again. So many false starts with so many companies that keep you hanging by a thread, not answering their emails until the 11th hour and ultimately denying you. What bothers me the most is not the rejection, although that's not exactly fun either. It's the damage done by waiting. The uncertainness and anticipation. That's what drives me crazy. And it could all be fixed so easily. How long does it take to type and send an email? I mean, you've probably done that like five times while you've been listening to me talk. 
all it would take was one simple email. Enough leaving me in the dark. Keep me up to date on the state of my future. Yeah, I want you to pay me money for services I do so I can make a living, but more than that, I want to be treated like a human being and not a piece of text on a computer screen that you can just respond to whenever you can't think of anything better you want to do. I am optimistic. I know I'll end up somewhere, and I know I'll find my way. And I know I'll use this all as a learning experience. I was raised well enough. Thanks, Mom and Dad. But it's hard. I've sat here and tried to think of a way to end this poetically, but that's not my job. In fact, not much is right now. So, here's to hoping I soon see a new set of words, meanings, consequences, and connotations. I look forward to hearing from you soon. All the best, Noah. Thanks so much for your interest in the position. At this point, we will not be advancing you to the next stage. Unfortunately, we're going to go in a different direction with this role. Appreciate your time. Unfortunately, our budget only allows for one analyst at this time. At this we time, we will not be moving forward with you in the other departments. If that's something you'd be interested in. Hi, Will. We enjoyed getting I appreciate to know you, you checking in. Your deliverables. Thanks too for your enthusiastic experience in joining the high volume of applicants and for making for the time position. to speak with me. And we wish you luck. In we've all enjoyed your getting to know you over these past weeks. We've had an extremely Again, competitive so applicant pool, and, and unfortunately, at this time, we're not able to offer you a position in our cohort. At this point in we wish time, you the best of luck in your job search and future endeavors. Skills and ambitions. Just wanted to email again to see if there was any I'm update on the position. I'm wondering if there's been any developments if on you guys have decided to go in another direction, Please that would be helpful know. to know as well. I hope Looking to hear forward from you speaking. Soon. Looking forward to hearing from you I hope this email finds you well. Back to you, Will. Today's episode is brought to you by Wine. Yeah, that's it, alright? Sometimes it's really hard to think of these ads, so today is just wine. In other news, I've been taking a lot of Ubers recently. Must be nice to have job money. Alright, alright. I see, I was trying to start like a new vibe, but clearly, you know, why don't we just keep talking about your job? Go ahead. (laughs) No, 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 tell me about your Ubers. No, it's not so much that I've been taking a lot of Ubers recently, although I have, um, partially because Uber Pool is so goddamn cheap here. Um, Uber Pool kind of made me more cognizant of how amazing some of the late night Uber conversations can be. And so I just started recording them. And I want to share a couple with you. Um, we can call this Sales from the Uber. Is this legal? Uh, yeah, definitely, yes. All right, then play away. Oh, yeah, no right. Wait, what did you say? The, the Chinese joint? See the Chinese joint. Where the hell's the other building? Oh. See the bakery? Yeah. The other side of the bakery is where you buy your own fancy shit. Then arrive on right? The In the 60s, you said? Listen, you bought stuff there, okay? And if your parents didn't want you to go to Vietnam, 
you paid him some money and he made sure your, your car didn't get fucking pulled off the track. Alright, so what do you mean by stuff? Like, what is stuff that you bought there? Uh, all glass shit. And then if you bought glass shit there? No, you bought stuff there, but the guy who owned it had, he had pulled with the, with the lottery on, on, the, uh, on, on Vietnam. In Vietnam. You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting out here. So you're saying that like part of U.S. history that killed people and didn't kill people was controlled by Raymond Patriarca. I'm not saying that guy. I'm saying this is another guy. This is not this guy. This guy had the capability of not, not make, make make sure that oh your car didn't don't open the door. Your car didn't get in the lottery. Well, I love that. Part of you were like, I, this, yeah, this is me. I got to go. Still want to have this conversation, but I need to leave right now also. Well, we were at my destination. We'd actually been at my destination for a while talking before I put this on. Why did he tell you not to open the door? Because a car was coming. Oh, I thought he was like, don't yeah. get out. We got to talk more. Yeah, I, I recognize that that's what it sounds like, which is way cooler than reality. But, you know, <laughs> we're hard facts journalism here, so. <laughs> Wow, this is an interesting guy. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> That's crazy. So, like, the history, the mafia history of, of Providence is well-known and even more well-known because of the excellent Gimlet Media podcast that came out this year, Crime Town. But right. holy shit, I've never heard about the fact that you could get your draft card pulled. That's insane. That listen, is an may- insane fact. Maybe it's bullshit, right? But, like, there are there's, like, one authoritative source of the shit that went down in Providence and that's court records. So if nobody ever got caught, like right. there's no record of it. Right. I mean, it's just as easy to say it didn't happen as it is to say it is, you know, like yeah, th- yeah, there's yeah. equal amount of proof for both. But I'm in the business of, of fucking riling people up. <laughs> that's nuts. That's, um, I've, I kind of want to take another ride with this guy. Yeah. He was pretty chill. He was pretty nice. <laughs> How did that conversation get started? Man, who knows? I, I, I think it's probably somewhat evident because of the, the speed at which I'm able to execute S's. But I was, I was definitely drunk in that. Um, I, was, I was definitely drunk in that. Um, I imagine you get in the car and you were like, so you ever in Vietnam? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right? I go to him and I'm like, hey, you know anybody that ever, like, fuck with the draft? <laughs> And he was like, don't open the door. I got to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was actually a relatively long conversation that led to that. Um, but but that was one. I got another one for you here. Okay. But then again, he's got so many powerful people protecting him and burying that shit. You know? He might just get through. You know? I think he might win another election. He might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he had, he had people in his own party after him. Now, all of a sudden, they're real quiet. So what does that tell you? Yeah, they got I mean. a dossier on them too. I mean, the, 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 the thing about the, uh, the most conservative uh, lawmakers, they, they come here, they say we going to change. I'm gonna help my constituents, my trailer park. That's co- uh, that, but that's they have no intention of helping. No, them. they don't. When they get here, they realize that everybody hands dirty, and they say, look, either you want this job for life, or you know, that's um, part of it. Yeah. yeah, you want your job for life, or you want to be this guy who wants to bring about change, which. 
But the stupid part is these trailer parkers that vote against their own interests. Yeah, that's what I be Because he tells them, he tells them it's the Mexicans, it's the gays, it's the blacks. It's like, no, it's Trump and his friends that put you in a trailer (laughs) working at Walmart and getting on welfare to pay the benefits that Trump should be fucking paying. So that's what it's really about. Now that you, and then they're all freaking out because they're about to lose their Obamacare, which they claim they didn't know was Obamacare. I have never heard a broader policy discussion in the span of 20 seconds than I did from my co-passenger in that Uber. <laughs> so, like, I would say, like, agree or disagree, but, like, there was a lot going on there. They covered everything. Everything. Yeah, like, literally each clause in that in that whole string of sentences. <laughs> each Each topic could be its own debate. So what's funny is that I actually didn't have a, a particular thing planned to play you from that nine minute long Uber ride or nine minute long recording. But the first thing that came out was just like good enough. This was far reaching, man. This was crazy. I actually I got asked I got point blank asked my sexuality in this Uber. Oh, wow. Which is fine. Like, I don't actually totally care. But I do think it's something you should ask if you can ask about, you know, definitely. Like, if I want to know someone's sexuality, hopefully, like, I know them a little bit, and it's like, hey, do you mind if I ask your sexuality? Or, or like, it just comes about organically. Like, if they, if, if I'm if I'm supposed to know, I'll probably know. You know what I mean? Right. This person, like, turned around and was like, ooh, you're handsome. Are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> what, ti- what time uh, was this? Both of these were late. Okay. Yeah, I, the, the Providence one, the Mafia one was probably... That one was actually on the way home. That was probably like one forty-five, and then the the DC one, the second one, the policy <laughs> diatribe was was probably like eleven. It was like three drunk people on the way to somewhere else. Actually, I wasn't drunk in, in that one, um, but my my co-passenger sure were. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, my Uber driver sure was. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. But so actually, the, the point of this is not the substance of these things that I recorded, I think that you should record more Uber rides. I think you're right. I think I also should record subway rides as well here that, because... That, that's a good point. There, there's a lot of noise in the subway rides, so it's hard. That's true. I have a couple times, if I can dig them out, I'll play them on a future episode. I have a couple recordings of like somebody going off on the train a couple of years ago. Nice. Um, um, but... I will start recording my Uber calls, my Uber rides. It's, I I also take Uber Pool, so I'm sure I'll find some. So I was going to say stuff. it has to be Uber Pool because if you're recording an Uber, you're just doing a podcast with a stranger. Right. And I would right. like to think that doing a podcast with me is like marginally more appealing than doing a podcast with a stranger. I don't know. The Uber has water and mints, so. Bruh, I don't get Uber <laughs> black. <laughs> Either do I. Um, oh, actually, we're all supposed to be taking lifts now anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Down with <laughs> Yeah, Uber. yeah, yeah, because, you know, Uber is, like, basically as far right as it gets for not rebelling <laughs> against Trump in the... In the <laughs> right. Whatever. I, I did actually delete my Uber account. Because um, you're an idiot. All right. Well, I do not like the way they handle their company and they pay their employees. It has nothing to do with Trump. It has everything to do with Trump. I just did it because Trump did it. Same. Well, okay. Because we just established Uber as something that we want to do, I'm going to note for you guys that I'm taking two Ubers tomorrow. That worked, right? That worked? You can edit that in and it'll be nice and smooth? Yeah, smooth as butter. God, you fucker. I hate you. I hate doing this podcast with you. You, this is your idea, dude. Um, But yeah, I'll record. It'll be great. We can have another recurring segment 
something we are always in dire need of. Tales from the Uber. Only on Catch Up. All right, well, I'm going to head out because it's your birthday. What if for my birthday I wanted to just hang out with you and keep recording? Um, I... Actually, don't answer that question. I, I don't want that. Okay, good. I want to open this bottle of wine and then potentially uh, go into the ramen shop near my house. Well, that sounds great. Happy birthday, Will. Send you a snap. Thanks, fam. No problem, fam. Yeah. All right. See you next time. See you. Deuces. Deuces. The Ketchup is Will R. and Noah Shore, with executive production by Noah Shore. Our intro music is by Headlong Snipers, and our outro music is by Skirt. Thanks to our sponsor, The Paperclip from Microsoft Office. 